Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And then we are officially one week away from the beginning of the 2022 training camp for the Silver and Black as the rookies will be reporting to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center starting on the 18th. The veterans will join them on the 20th, and then boom, it is go time, full throttle, Dip your head in a tank of gasoline, light it on fire with a match, and uh, be ready to rock and roll because that's exactly what it's going to be. It is officially going to be football time again. Of course, right around the corner is going to be the trip to Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame enshrinement. Of course, the very first preseason game of the 2022 season is between the Raiders and the Jaguars again in Canton, Ohio. That'll be on August 4th, and then the enshrinement for Cliff Branch August 6th in Canton, Ohio. Very excited about that opportunity. Can't wait to have Raider Nation Radio 920 out there like we did last year, and we have a big-time um, showcases, shows lined up for you, guests lined up for you. We're just going to have a lot. We're just really going to highlight uh, the Hall of Fame. And, and last year I thought we did a really good job, but each and every year, whatever we do, whatever trip we take, we plan on making it bigger and better. That's just uh, natural evolution, and that's exactly what we continue to do here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome into Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond Cotton's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the home studio. We're about to get things cooking for the next three hours. Today we're going to start, and we're going to do it all week long. We're going to start our training camp two-a-days. And what I mean by that is we're going to prepare ourselves for every team that the Raiders have to face on the schedule leading up to the and during throughout the 2022 season. So what we're going to do this week, all week long, all week strong, we're going to talk to somebody who covers every single team that the Raiders will face in the regular season in 2022. And we're going to go in order. At least we're going to attempt to go in order as far as the games and the way that they appear on the schedule. And so we're going to call it the training camp two-a-days here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And it's funny, we'll, we'll have a couple just questions as like intro intro type questions just to get a feel for the team. But when you look at the training camp two-a-days, this is really the basis of it. One positive about the team. However you're feeling, one really good positive that you're feeling about the team, one negative that you're feeling about the team, and then the biggest question that you have about the team. Those will be the three questions that have to be asked throughout the course of the interview. Now, that doesn't mean those are going to be the only questions asked, but those three are guaranteed to be asked throughout the course of our training camp two-a-day. So today on the show, with that being said, Gilbert Manzano from the OC Register, he'll join us at 2.30 to talk all things Chargers. And, of course, there's a lot of hype behind the L.A. Chargers and Justin Herbert and everything they were able to do this season. So we'll ask him one positive, we'll ask him one negative, and we'll have what is your biggest question. Of course, we'll ask questions about you know, uh, Justin Herbert and all the love that he's getting on every kind of ranking. And, you know, he's a top 10 quarterback and hasn't made it to the playoffs, this, that, and the other. And I'm not trying to downplay him or try to talk bad about him because I think he's a really good quarterback. But uh, he is being anointed very early in his young career. So we'll talk to Gilbert coming up at 2.30, all things Chargers. 
at 3 o'clock. We'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We'll kind of scatter shoot with everything going on around the league. Just kind of give you the updates, the latest and the greatest. That'll be at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Alex Clancy hosts the Locked On Cardinals as the Cardinals are the next team up on the Raiders' regular season schedule. He'll join the show again training camp two a day so we'll ask him about cliff kingsbury we'll ask him about kyler murray we'll ask him about marquise hollywood brown but then we'll go back to the bread and butter we'll ask him the three big questions biggest positive biggest negative biggest question that you have as the as the cardinals prepare for training camp that'll come up at 3 30 and then demond will get excited at four o'clock we'll have teron davenport from espn's nfl nation covers the titans like a glove does a fantastic job same thing same thing man training camp two a day with the Tennessee Titans and Teron Davenport. That'll be at 4 o'clock. And I'll ask you, DeMond, just to start things off with, I won't ask for your biggest positive or your biggest negative, but for you, what is your biggest question as far as the Tennessee Titans are concerned as they're about a week or so out from the start of training camp? How do you replace A.J. Brown? Okay, that's, that's gotta, fair. That's the biggest one for me. I know I can't think of his name now, but they drafted a receiver in the first round of right. the draft, and it's like that's good and that's all fine and dandy, but you're trying to replace a Pro Bowl, All Pro caliber receiver, and you're going to be expecting that same production from a rookie. Right, exactly, and I mean that's just usually it doesn't click that easily. Sometimes it does, but more times than not, it doesn't. So that's a great question to ask Teron, and I'm sure that that's probably one of the biggest questions that Tennessee Titan fans are asking right now or wondering as the team prepares for training camp. So uh, there you go, training camp two a days. We'll do it all week long, and I mean, of course, obviously we only have to talk to Kansas City once. We only have to talk to the Chargers once. We only have to talk to the Broncos once. We don't have to do those twice, even though they appear twice on the schedule. But we will get through every single team on the Raiders regular season schedule throughout the course of this week by the time we sign off on Friday at about five o'clock or whatever time we sign off we'll definitely be done with uh with the training camp two a days and prepare for the silver and black to take take over on Monday as far as rookies concerned as they report to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center so those are the guests that we have Gilbert Manzano Alex Clancy and Teron Davenport they're all coming up on the show this afternoon with that being said let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Before I get into the topic that I wanted to talk about, I did have a question that I wanted to throw out there. I do like to bring a question to the table every single day and uh, allow Raider Nation to chime in and speak on whatever they have going on in their, in their mind and, and what they think in, in response to the question. So today's question, based off the fact that we're doing training camp two-a-days, my question is what team on the Raiders 2022 schedule do you think is a team that folks might be sleeping on so what team on the schedule do you look at and say oh that's a dub and say yeah you know what they might be a little bit better than you think you know it might not be an easy game like you think and look I'll say this as far as the NFL goes I don't believe there's an easy game Obviously, there's teams that are a lot better than others, but for the most part, they're every, every, every game is, is, is tough. You know, that's why they always say you can't look ahead on the schedule. But for our purposes, we can. We can look at the schedule and say, okay, that's a dogfight, that's a dogfight, that's a dogfight. That one, maybe it's a little bit easier, but that also could be the team that everyone is sleeping on. And, you know, we talk about it quite a bit here on Raider Nation Radio 920 about the fact that the Raiders are slept on by so many and Derek Carr is slept on by so many. And there's always so much much talent that the Raiders have that's being slept on by so many. But yet there's other teams out there that I'm sure are are being slept on. So the question that I have for you that I'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and also the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What team on the Raiders' 2022 schedule do you think is the team that most folks – 
are sleeping on and then tell me why. That is the question that I th- want to throw out there. But the topic that I wanted to get to as we're in the opening drive and what I want to discuss here in this first opening segment is really what everybody's been discussing today. I think it would be wrong if I didn't go ahead and attack it right now because it's just it's a, it's a top question or it's a top topic right now. Uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, he obviously is going to get a lot of uh, a lot of props for stuff that he puts out because he's a hell of an NFL reporter. So he put out on ESPN Plus, ranking the NFL's top 10 quarterbacks for 2022. Execs, coaches, players make their picks for the best passers. And I know that this has been discussed from the morning tailgate. I know JT the Brick discussed it, and we're just going to discuss it, but we're going to take our own approach to it, our own angle. By this time, by 2.08 in the afternoon, we all know that Derek Carr has not been ranked in the top 10. He was an honorable mention, which is fine. Absolutely fine. I don't have any problem with him being an honorable mention because that means he's hovering right around the top 10. But my issue with this, and this is also something that you can chime in, Raider Nation, if you'd like. My issue with this is looking at some of the quarterbacks that they have on this list, and in particular at the bottom of the list where they have Dak Prescott in the top 10, and then they have Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a, a MVP a former MVP of the league. Dak Prescott's not a former MVP of the league. If anything, you know, we talk about Derek Carr being slept on a lot. How about Lamar Jackson? I know that he's got some work to do, but this is a talk, you're talking about a former league MVP, and he's there at, at, uh, as an honorable mention, and Dak Prescott's a top, top 10? That was a big question for me. Kyler Murray being an honorable mention as well with, with Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson, that was fine. I didn't have any problem with that. I did have another question, though, and I did have another concern when it came to Deshaun Watson. When was the last time anyone saw Deshaun Watson play? How did, how did Deshaun Watson get on the top ten list when he hasn't played in forever? And when he did play and when he did ball out, Demond, he had, yeah, the biggest, biggest uh, total production of his career as far as yardage, touchdowns, and all that. And the Texans won four games. Four games. Now, do I think he's extreme talent? Sure. But do you know what you're going to see from him next time he hits the field? And, oh, by the way, do you know when you're going to see him at the field? I don't. Or so is your bigger objection, hey, we don't know if he's still going to be good, or, or just because of with the legal status or whatever, whatever, just don't put him on any top ten list. When people make their list, just omit, just put that part in your article, hey, it just didn't rank Deshaun Watson because we don't even know if he's going to play this year. Well, the thing is, I, and that's a good question, but it feels like when you look up and down this list, it kind of contradicts itself on what the criteria is. Right, because I think that if we could look at this list and we see Aaron Rodgers at number one, Patrick Mahomes at number two, and then you have Josh Allen at three and Tom Brady at four, is this based off of last year or is this a full body of work? Because if we're looking at a full body of work, I don't think anyone would disagree that Tom Brady should be number one. And I might even argue and say Aaron Rodgers might not be number one because he's only won one Super Bowl. Now that's if it's the whole body of work. Is this based off of one year? Because if it's based off one year, how is Deshaun Watson on there at all? He didn't play last year. You know what I'm saying? So there's so many questions I have. If you go and look at the criteria and the way that it was broken down, it was, you know, it's, it's, it, it should be pretty cut and dry. Here's how our process works is what it says. Voters gave us their best 10 players at a position. Then we compiled the results and ranked candidates based on number of top 10 votes, composite average, hundreds of interviews, research, and film study, help from ESPN NFL analyst Matt Bowen. In total, more than 50 voters submitted a ballot on at least one position, and in many cases, all positions. We had several ties, so we broke them with the help of additional voting and follow-up callers with our calls with our rankers. Each section is packed with quotes and nuggets from the voters on every guy, even the honorable mentions. So it's just, it doesn't really... It feels like, you know what I mean? Like the, it's almost like the, uh, the goalpost is being moved 
for different guys. And this is no way saying, well, you need to throw Derek Carr in the top ten. I'm not I'm not even worried about that because I think right there at number 12 is fine, and or not 12, but in the honorable mention is fine. And the one knock on Derek Carr is they said that he needs to be a little bit tougher. And I don't think that anybody in Raider Nation would actually disagree with that. I think, And what I mean by tough is not like, oh, Al, that hurt. I mean – stay in the pocket a little bit longer, you know, step up in the pocket, deliver the ball. I think that would be a lot of people's question when it comes to Derek Carr. Sometimes he'll deliver the ball a little early and not step up in the pocket. Or when people feel like he had an extra second, he could have held onto the rock and allowed a play to develop, he might get rid of it pretty quick. Now, he gets the ball out of his hand quickly, and when you have a suspect offensive line, you have to do that. But I think that that's a fair a fair assessment. I don't think it's a disrespect to say that Derek Carr needs to be a little tougher in that sense. Again, not saying, oh, He's not tough. He's not a tough football player. He's, you know, not, that that's not that's not how I'm taking it. I'm taking it as, you know, needs to hang in there maybe a second longer, let a play develop, throw that ball down the field. You know, and there's times that we've seen, you know, plays develop, and it's easy when you're in the press box and you see a guy streaking wide open, and then all of a sudden it's like a dump off. You're like, oh, man, they just missed a big one. But we're also not in the pocket where the bullet's alive and everyone's trying to take your head off, you know. So it's a different ball game when you're in there. But – you understand this, the, the, the conversation. It's like, okay, if you, if you hang in there just a little bit longer, a, bit, a better play can develop than the play that you settled for because you wanted to get the ball to your hands quickly. Yeah, Q, and something else that just to add what you meant there, the, the people who voted on this, we were, there's 50 league executives, coaches, scouts, and players. So, so everyone's criteria may be a little bit different, and that factors in who actually makes the top ten. Right. So where, hey, maybe this coach thinks, hey, man, I don't value mobile quarterbacks as much. Or another executive is saying, hey, he just hasn't made it to the playoffs and, win- and I value winning more than anything. So you don't know what each individual voter was thinking when they had to compile this list off of the votes that they got. No, you're right. And, and that's why I feel like there's so many questions when it comes to this list. You know, uh, and when it comes to Deshaun Watson on this list, all I know is that when he had his best NFL season in 2020, his, still, his team still went 4-12. and 12. That's what an NFL front office uh, said, official said. A good quarterback, but he still has a lot to show on the field. But he's still top in the top 10, right? Again, talent-wise, that's fine. But as far as winning games, his best season, they won four games. Could you imagine if Derek Carr put up crazy stats and the team won four games? And, again, I'm not even trying to bring it back to Derek Carr. I'm just trying to make it – Make it so we're on the same level so we understand what we're talking about. Could you imagine if Derek comes out this, this next season and has stupid numbers, incredible numbers, you know, goes for 5,000 yards, Devontae Adams is over 1,000 yards, Waller's over 1,000 yards, Renfro's over 1,000 yards, and they win four games? Could you imagine the narrative? Can you imagine what the conversation is going to be? Are, is anyone going to say Derek Carr's a top-10 quarterback? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Q, because the defense would have to be god-awful because for Derek Carr, this would be – a set, his second I'm just asking. Career. I'm if just asking. Those same if, numbers, if, if he leads the league in passing yards. If he threw yards, for 5,000 yards and the team won four games, would anybody call Derek Carr a top 10 quarterback? Yes, you would have to. No, they wouldn't. I, I think Nobody they even wants to give him a top 15 right now. If he led the league in passing yards, top five in touchdowns. And, and they has won a career four low in interceptions. games? Hey. Have you not listened to the narrative behind Derek Carr for the most part? Have you not listened to what everyone says about Derek Carr? He ain't Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert throws for 5,000 yards and, and they only win four games, yeah, he'll be, a, he'll be a number one quarterback in the league. But you know that they don't do that with D.C. D.C., he could have a hell of a season and they'll still find a way to slide him. So if he were to throw for that many yards and only win four games, they're going to say, yeah, he can't win games. That's, that will be the narrative. He won't get the Matt Stafford break. He won't get that at all. Someone will, will say, yeah, but a good quarterback leads their teams to victory. I mean, you, you know that. How many calls do we get about that? The, the yeah, but calls, right? Yeah, he's good, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. I mean, man, the, we are, one of our co-host's names should be yeah, but. 
right? Because we hear it all the time. So that's, I mean, it's, again, I don't have any beef with the list outside of, like, Prescott being top ten and, you know, Deshaun Watson being, being on there when he didn't do anything last year at all. You know, and who knows when he's going to get onto the field again. Um, Justin Herbert, of course, he gets anointed uh, top, top ten just because the potential is there. They think he's one of the few quarterbacks that get the potential bump. I mean, really, he, he's one of the few that gets the, yeah, he's going to be great. I, I was reading this piece, and they said he's going he's gonna to be the best in the league at some point. Like, can you let him get here there first before you, before you anoint him that? But, you know, it, it's, it's just different strokes for different folks. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Got a lot of text messages coming through already, but we want to hear from you as well. Uh, Damon, who we got up first? Passionate Raider. Passionate Raider, welcome to the show. Man, what's happening, Q? What's up, DeMond? Long time no talk, man. I just turned it on, man, and heard you talking about the Derek Carr ordeal and where he would be ranked at. And, and I'm kind of like where you are, Q. I'm about 12. I, I'm happy when you go 12. If you go eight or above, eight or higher, that's when I get a little bit, you know how I get, a little bit salty on him. But you said it right. It's his toughness, man. You can be tough and throw that ball all you want from the 20 to the 20, and his numbers show he does that. But where he does it, where he doesn't progress or where he has not gotten better in eight years. They can blame it on coaching. They can blame it on coordinator, coordinator, player, player, player. But it's always in that red zone, Q. He gets scared in that red zone. He, he, he breaks down too fast in that red zone. He panics in the red zone, and that's the fault in his game. Everywhere else, he can move the ball up and down the field and get you in field goal range. We're never going to not argue that. But at the end of the day, you need a quarterback who's going to score seven and not three. Seven wins, three, you're on your knees, looking up saying, I wish I would have did this, I wish I would have did that. <laughs> we can't be doing that no more, man. And this year, with the weapons he has, we know Josh is, we know, we, we know what Josh can do. But again, it's Josh without Bill, Derek in a new system, and I will go nuts if I got to hear anything this year, if like you just said, all these yards add up, and you're four and ten, or you're four and whatever it is, and we hear everyone talk about, well, it's his first year in the system. I don't want to hear that narrative this year. Let's not get it going. He's already said it. Josh is the court. Josh is the is the coach of his likings because he's a he's a what did he say? He's a mind first something. Yeah. You know my yep. my first thought was you know you said the same thing about Gruden's offense that you had it mastered. Well, I think the route runners last year had some of it mastered. I just think the ball didn't get there in time because of certain reasons. It's that toughness. Maybe Devontae will give them a little bit more confidence. We do know the offensive line was a little shaky, but when you go back and you check the staff queue, we had one of the top. He had the second most time to pass in the pocket last year. The second, and numbers don't lie. So maybe Devontae will give them a little bit more confidence. Maybe Hunter. Maybe may, uh, who knows? Because you can't put a better offense around what this man's getting ready to step into. Right. So, Facts. Yep. He, yep. So, hey, just win, baby. Let's <laughs> there, go. There he goes. There he goes right there, passionate Raider. And I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I, I think that there's something to that. And, you know, I asked Derek Carr when I was on that Zoom call with him, every year you work on something. Remember a couple years ago it was being a little bit more mobile. Obviously he's not going to be Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray where he's going to run around the yard. But 
extending some plays with his legs, you know, running around the pocket. That was something that he made a fact and, and that he was trying to do. Gruden, remember, he was pushing him to kind of use his legs a little bit more because he's athletic. And so he did. He made a conscious effort to do that. I would, I think, to Passionate Raiders' credit, and I even see a text from Fargo Raider on our Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, that standing in the pocket, that willingness to stand in the pocket a second longer, again, just a second, and I know that a second could be a, the difference between life and death, right? I mean, a guy is screaming down your, your neck, and it's different. It's easy for us who's sitting at home who ain't got to worry about getting hit or sitting in the press box and we ain't got to worry about getting hit. It's different when, when you're under the gun, man. I get it. But to take your game to the next level and be elite, that's what you've got to do. Look at Joe Burrow. Look how many times he got drilled last year. Drilled. Sometimes you got to stand in there, and it's like that old blank moment. I know this big hit's coming. But I got to stay in there and, and I got to deliver because this is going to be a big play for my team. That's I think that is something that Carr could probably consciously work on this year in, in helping his game get to the next level. And Fargo Raider also said he needs to be tougher holding on to the rock. That is the other area. That would probably be the one that I'm even more concerned about than any of them would be the holding on to the ball in the pocket when – a Mac or a Bosa or a, 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 a Chris Jones or a Randy Gregory or whoever the case may be is coming and swatting at that thing, got to be able to hold on to that ball and not fumble the ball. You've got to be able to do that. That is one thing, one area of concern with D.C.'s game. And I bet you if, if he were to you know come on here and tell you the truth and say, and I don't not that he wouldn't tell you the truth, but if you were to talk about that, he would say that, hey, that's something that I need to work on because I feel like he's very conscious of what and, and very optimistic and, and 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 can see and knows what he has to work on. I believe that that ball security in the pocket is also something that he has to work on. Fargo, thanks for that text and passionate. Thanks for the call. Who we got up next, Demar? Gangster Raider. Gangster, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Shout out to my brother from another mother, passionate Raider, and um, shout out to Homer Raider too. And um, I just want to say I, I I like the um doubt and the um. The um, people just you know discrediting Derek Carr because yeah. especially Brett Favre, you know he wore number four because of Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. So imagine the guy that you wear your number four coming out and criticizing you on something you do. So I think we're going to get a highly motivated, a highly aggressive, and a highly agitated Derek Carr along with um, Josh McDaniel because a lot of people him about how he um, did in Denver or whatever, and. Um, I think we're going to get two highly motivated, two highly aggressive individuals trying to prove everybody wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And also, as far as Justin Herbert getting accolades, I think that can work against you because I think that will happen to Derek Carr. Remember Derek Carr, his first couple of years, he made the top 100 list. I think he made a couple of Pro Bowls. I think he was thinking like, oh, even I'm a sorry team, people know I'm good. So I think it kind of, you know, quells his development. You know, he didn't develop as much as he could because he was already making Pro Bowls. He was already making the top 100 list. So the fire to get better wasn't really there. And I'm hoping the same thing happens to um, Justin Herbert because they're already crowning him the next whatever. He hasn't won anything. You know what I'm saying? And also, as far as um, Derek Carr being criticized by Brett Favre, Brett Favre only had one Super Bowl. And he leads the um, NFL all-time in fumbles and interceptions. So if Derek Carr can win a Super Bowl the next two years, he'll have as many Super Bowls as um, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and they want to try to make it seem like they're so much better than him when they only have one single suit. They have two combined. So if, if Derek Carr goes back-to-back, he'll be um, tied with um, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers combined for Super Bowls. But anyway, I say this to say I'm glad they um, um, 
question them and doubt them because I think they're going to win me $4,000 because I told you I bet $100 on Derek Carter, Ritter, MVP, and with them criticizing them and questioning them, especially the guy who you wear your jersey number for, you know what I'm saying? That's like that's like um, Violator coming out and questioning my Raider fan because to me, to me, Violator is the ultimate Raider fan. I look up to him as a Raider fan, so a Violator came out and say. Oh, your Ra- you ain't Raidering right. Something wrong with your Raiderism. I would take that highly personal because that's, that's like somebody I look up to. So if Derek Carr, Carr wears number four because of Farber, he come out and said that about him. I think we're going to get a fired up, motivated, him and Devontae and um, Josh McDowell. That's the perfect trifecta for us to go undefeated. Keep it gangster, y'all. I'm gone. There, there he goes, Gangster Raider right there. And, yeah, I mean, look, I don't even know how much Derek Carr needs motivation or fire. You know, I think that he's made his uh, his case very, very uh, well known that he wants to win with the silver and black. He wants to be there when the team wins a championship. He wants to hoist the next Lombardi. Uh, growing up as a, as a Raider fan and, and being around the, the Raiders as an organization, uh, he knows what it means. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, the Brett Favre thing, I think a lot of it was taken out of context. But, I mean, it is what it is. And you're right about Favre only having one. Lombardi and Rodgers only have one Lombardi I think that that ultimately is a fail on Rodgers part to only have a one Lombardi and as great as you are as a quarterback I mean the dude's gonna walk into Canton Ohio the minute he decides to retire five years later he's walking into Canton Ohio I mean that's that's a given when it comes to Aaron Rodgers but still as of this point only has one Super Bowl uh, victory that's that is a, that is a problem you know that is that is a, a blemish on a really great career it's a blemish Brett Favre I mean he won his one ring and Everywhere else, I thought he had an opportunity in Minnesota when he was there and had that magical season there, and they ended up throwing that interception to who? Tracy Porter, and the Saints went on to win the Super Bowl that year. That was the uh, Hurricane Katrina, the bounce-back year for the Saints, and they ended up winning the, the Super Bowl after that. But I thought that was Brett's next chance to win a Super Bowl and, and, and obviously did not get it done. So uh, I don't think D.C.'s worried about the second uh, Lombardi. I don't think he's worried about tying those guys together. I think he's worried about getting the first one. After you get the first one, then you can worry about the second one, but – just wanted to talk on that, that piece that was put out by Jeremy Fowler on ESPN. It's, it's a, obviously a big-time talking point all, uh, all over the place. I heard it on ESPN. I've been hearing it, uh, obviously, on Radio Nation Radio 920. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about it. So uh, definitely just wanted to give my two cents on it. And, again, I don't have any problem with them talking about top ten quarterbacks and they give Derek Carr honorable mention because you know what they didn't do? There is a whole lot of other quarterbacks in the league that didn't get an honorable mention. There was only 10, and then there was three honorable mentions. So the rest didn't even make it. So that lets you know that at least he's in the conversation but has some work to do. And I don't think any of us should disagree that he still has some work to do, even though he's a really good quarterback and could win a lot of games, go into the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, who knows what comes up next. 226 is the time. I know what's coming up next. Training camp two-a-days. We're going to get things started with Gilbert Manzano. He covers the Chargers. We're going to talk all things L.A. Chargers, the first team up on the Raiders' schedule for the 2022 regular season season regular season schedule. We'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Question that I threw out there earlier as we started the show. What team on the Raiders 2022 schedule do you think is a team that folks might be sleeping on? A lot of times, Raider Nation, you chime in and talk about folks are sleeping on the Raiders and Derek Carr. Well, who could you be sleeping on that is on the Raiders 2022 schedule? 
regular season schedule. You can always hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And when we don't have a guest on the phone lines, you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. But don't call us right now because we are having a guest, a very good guest coming up in a hot second as we start off our training camp two-a-days. It's time for another edition of Training Camp Two-A-Days. As your boy Q takes a look at every team on the Raiders' 2022 regular season schedule here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And to help us kick things off right now as we start off the 2022 regular season is the L.A. Chargers. They're up first. The game is on September 11th at SoFi Stadium. And Gilbert Manzano, no stranger to Las Vegas from the OC Register, he joins the show right now. Gilbert, thank you so much for your time, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And before we get into training camp two-a-days, what's the buzz? You know, it's a, it's a week or so out from training camp opening up for the Chargers. What's the buzz among the fan base around the team right now? Yeah, well, first of all, glad to be back on the show and talk to you, Q. Uh, but, yeah, definitely a lot of buzz with the Chargers. And, and you know, I've, I've said this before and I say it every offseason. There's a lot of hype with the Chargers for some reason, you know. And maybe not for some reason because when you have Ray Bosa, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, the list goes on, people tend to expect you to be good. But it feels different. It feels like the buzz is a lot higher. Uh, the hype meter, you know, is through the roof. Uh, it, feels, it just feels different. And me covering this team for the last four years, it's definitely kind of a, cha- a change of pace in most years. So uh, you're hearing words like Super Bowl contenders, mm. uh, you know, you know, playoff, you know, dark horse division winners, all that stuff that you don't really hear with the Chargers. Uh, so it's definitely a lot of hype this time of year. You know, Gilbert, and I'm not trying to, you know, poke the bear that is the Chargers, but every time it seems like we start hearing a ton of hype and this team's going to make a deep run, and I've been guilty of it myself. I've been like, man, you watch out for those Chargers. This is their year. It seems like something always just – jumps up and bites them like they're snake bitten by something. Do you get that sense, too, or is it just me? No, it's definitely a lot of people, definitely me. That's why I'm kind of hesitant to buy into the Super Bowl contenders hype. Like, you know, when you look at the roster on paper, you know, I won't be mad if you call them Super Bowl contenders because you got Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson joining Joy Bosa, Derwin James, Justin Herbert, and the list goes on. You know, it looks nice, but if you know this team well, and a lot of people on the national media don't know the team well, that's why I think they, they love to kind of jump into the the bandwagon and, and, and throw the hype is like, yeah, you know, they have a lot of injuries or they can't win in crunch time or, you know, they missed that field goal or just something weird happens with the Chargers. It happens every year. They haven't, they haven't won a division since 2009. I know for the Raiders, they're kind of there in the, the drought themselves, but, right. you know, first do that. Short you can win a division, and then we start talking about Super Bowl. <laughs> so I'm hesitant, you know, but I do like the direction they're going with Brandon Staley. I think he, he, he's changing the culture. He did not shy away from, like, hey, this team might be cursed. This team has a lot of injuries. There's something going on, and, and it's just there's something we got to change. And I think Brandon attacked that a year ago, so that's a good sign. Then you, you change the roster with Khalil Mack and, and J.C. Jackson. That's a different, you know, good sign. It's, it's different, and that's why I feel good about this team. But, you know, you're kind of taking a, the, the baby steps because you know, uh, you know, in Houston last year with the COVID, you know, thing, you know, everybody was in the COVID list. You think you beat Houston? They don't, and they miss the playoffs. Or with the Raider game in Las Vegas, uh, they, they couldn't win that game. So uh, there's always something that happens with the team. But I do like that it feels different, and maybe that's good. Before we get into the, the training camp two a days, I wanted to ask you one question about this uh, list that was put out, the top ten quarterbacks. Uh, Jeremy Fowler put it on a ESPN Plus uh, earlier today. It's been discussed everywhere. And Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert came in at number seven. What was your initial thoughts at, at, at number seven? Is it too high? Is it too low? Or do you think it's just right? <laughs> yeah, when, when I saw that list, 
and uh, Key, let me let this truck go by real quick. Okay. Uh, you know, when I, <laughs> sorry about that. I'm over here in L.A. As well. Oh, you're good, you know, man. You're good. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the truck went by, but, but Q, as soon as, you know, for first, I didn't even look at the list. I'll put it that way. When I saw Justin Herbert's number seven, I'm like, oh, people are going to lose their minds and, and, and Chargers Twitter, Chargers fans. They think Justin Herbert's number one or for sure top five. Uh, based on talent, I think he is top five quarterback. But once you look at the list, I don't have a big problem with number seven for Justin Herbert. Uh, maybe you could change the top four. Top four is good for me because if you're talking about the best elite in the prime, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes should be maybe one and two. Aaron Rodgers, you know, been great, great forever, but it's just the, the playoffs coming short the last few years kind of, it kind of is in my head. And obviously Tom Brady is so great, you know, maybe he should be number one every year. Uh, but after that, with, with the Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, that's what people are fighting, I feel like. Uh, and from the Chargers' point of view, I, I think the rivalry between Joe Burrow fans and Justin Herbert fans is very fierce. They do not like each other. They're all like when I'm checking Twitter. Uh, but I, I can't knock it too much because this poll was by uh, league personnel, executives, scouts, right. people who actually work in the NFL. And what they care about is winners. They, they want people who are confident. That's why a few years ago, Baker Mayfield was number one because he had, he had the confidence. He had the swagger. People want winners. Uh, but Justin Herbert has definitely the talent, but he hasn't won playoff games. Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl. So I get that. But if you're asking me about just talent alone and who has the highest ceiling, it could be, and maybe in any order, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, uh, and then Justin Herbert for the, for the face of the future of the NFL. But right now, number seven, I'm not mad at it. You have to make the playoffs at some point, and maybe it could be this year. Talking right now with Gilbert Manzano from the OC Register here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, Training Camp Two-A-Days is a series of three questions, a positive, a negative, and a question that you have. So I'll start off with the positive. What is the biggest positive you have about this Chargers roster as they prepare to head into training camp? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of tough, but I guess you know, I'll go with an easy one because it's continuity. Uh, having a familiar face, same coaching staff for Justin Herbert. The offense looks pretty much the same as last year and when you when you have a familiar play caller a familiar scheme a lot of new uh, familiar plays, i mean uh you run smoother and this offense as you know q from those charger raider games like this offense is it's, it's pretty good you know maybe it's not the best of the best but they were fine this right last year and if they had a better start or, or a better finish in las vegas uh that would have been a great game for the resume because it was a shootout back and forth fourth down you know fourth and ten uh the last five minutes were crazy uh, but, you know, I, I think they were top five in efficiency in DVOA, the Chargers' offense, and that's kind of a big indicator for who are the best offenses. So uh, now to kind of put it together and be a juggernaut and score at will in the red zone, touchdowns, all that, I could see that for this because they have Joel Lombardi calling the plays, Brandon Staley, the head coach. Uh, the offensive line got better, uh, and I think you're going to ask me next about negative, so I'll stay away from the offensive line. But for the positive, <laughs> it's definitely having some other voices and uh, faces on the offense. Oh, Gilbert, no, let's get into those negatives. You hinted at the <laughs> offensive line there, so that's going to be the next question. What is the biggest negative for this Chargers team? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's for sure the, the biggest hole a glaring need is the right tackle position because this is what I've been saying all offseason for the Chargers. It, 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 it's so kind of ironic that they finally fixed their offensive line last year with, with Sean Slater, Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer. But the reason they didn't make the playoffs is because Max Crosby ate up the right tackle Storm Norton, if maybe Max, you know, was stifled a little more, they would be in the playoffs last year. 
Uh, and now they're going, they're going back to film Norton at right tackle. And, you know, it, it's funny because I get the confidence from the Chargers and their coaching staff. You know, when every time I kind of been the one that asked most about the right tackle position because I am kind of worried about it for them. Uh, they always say, well, Justin Herbert threw 5,000 yards in his offense. Why are we so worried about the right tackle position? Uh, and I'm like, well, when it comes to key moments, crunch time, game on the line, they're going to pressure you like crazy. And when you have Chandler Jones and Max Crosby going at it, that right tackle is going to be on an island. So they don't they didn't even address it. It's kind of like, hey, it's another year of coaching. This guy's going to get better. Uh, and then they have a, a backup in Trey, Trey Pipkins, who they think maybe did well last year because he had a couple starts and he wasn't that bad. <laughs> I don't know if not that bad should be good for your right tackle position, but it's going to be Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton. And I don't know if those are the best options, but they're going to they're gonna roll the dice. And it's simple, but when you're asking Justin Herbert to, you know, you know take care of some of these holes, it, he's the guy to do it. But it's a lot of pressure on your quarterback in crunch time. That's what I'm worried about for the Chargers the right tackle. All right, and to follow up on that, what's your biggest question about this roster? And it may be that right tackle position that you just mentioned. So, sorry, can you repeat the last part? I got another truck coming by. Those <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn trucks! <laughs> what's your biggest question about this roster? Yeah, uh, you know what? Instead of a negative, uh, you know, question mark, I will go defense. I'll go defense as a whole, kind of like what I did with the offense. It's the opposite. You know, they have so many new faces, a lot of moving parts, and you know, I guess we kind of give Brandon Staley a pass a year ago because he was supposed to be the defensive guru. He had the Rams number one ranked in, in the NFL when he was a decoiner for the Rams. And when he came to the Chargers, we didn't see it. Like, he had a hurt, healthy Bill James and a healthy Joey Bosa, but they had the worst defense in a very long time, which is crazy to me to, to think about when they had the two guys healthy. Now, like I mentioned, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, uh, Asante Sanders Jr. is getting older and better. Uh, so this defense on paper is very stacked. So, uh, again, another truck going by. Uh, but <laughs> it's going to take them some time to, to get ready, this defense. And after what I saw a year ago with the terrible third down conversions, the run defense, we remember Josh Jacobs getting that uh, conversion to, to go to the playoffs because they couldn't stop it. Staley called a timeout to get, call his best run defense but a timeout, which was the worst thing to do because he wanted his guys, and his guys were not that good. So, they put a lot of effort to fixing it, and I like the effort and trying something new, but it takes time. And I'm not sure if they have they did enough for the run defense, but they got enough playmakers on the secondary, on the edges. I just don't know about the interior of the defensive line and the linebacker position, but it is better, but it's a lot of moving parts. A question that I wanted to ask you about is Derwin James. He had surgery on his labrum this offseason. Is it a timetable? Is there is this a minor surgery, a major surgery? Do you know any anything about that? Yeah, the the good thing about Derwin James is uh, a shoulder injury is you know, but the surgery, you know, the funny thing we didn't find out till like June, mandatory mini kind of like when Brandon said they brought up like what like what, what happened? He had surgery, uh, and we're, we're thinking okay, he probably won't be ready for the season. But supposedly the surgery took place in February, so he had plenty of time. He should be good to go. He was out there practicing. He, he was he was good out there. But if you're kind of going off a timeline, I'm not a doctor, but you know, if from February to whatever August, he should be good. And you need Derwin James. Another another kind of scenario with the playoffs cost them. You know, he was like out against the Chiefs, you know, both games. The first one, he was healthy. They won. I think he actually popped his shoulder in that first game in KC, which is crazy. Uh, the second game, he was shutting down Travis Kelsey, and then when he went down with the injury, the Chiefs went off, and that was a game that cost him. So you need there when things to be healthy. Uh, but just judging from the timeline, you know, I think he'll be okay, but you never know with his injury, especially surgery in the offseason. 
Got training camp two-a-days going on right now as we discuss all things the L.A. Chargers with Gilbert Manzano from the O.C. Register here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Bonus question for you. Who is a name that we should be on the lookout for? Who's someone that you're going to kind of keep your eye on going into training camp thinking this guy may be someone that everyone's talking about sooner rather than later? Yeah, I could probably go with maybe defense, but because I know because I know I'm a man of the people. It's fantasy football season. People are wondering about the draft. Who 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 are the gems? I'm gonna go on offense, and I'm gonna say wide receiver Josh Palmer, second year guy. Mm. Uh, a year ago, there was hype for him because everything we saw as beat reporters in training camp, we were we were pumping that out there for the hype train. Like Josh Palmer is a guy; he, he's it. He knows how to play. But obviously, the season came around, and it was kind of too many mouths to feed. I think now that he kind of you know he found his stride, he. He's not going to – snaps and, and targets won't matter because he's that good. He's going to find a way to get, contribute to his offense. We thought he's going to be Mike Williams. He might be King Allen. So he's a combination of those two guys. So the Chargers are pretty set for the future of wide receiver with Keenan, Mike, and uh, Josh Palmer. So look out for Josh Palmer. I like it. I like it. Good stuff right there. Gilbert, fantastic breakdown, man. We appreciate you uh, today on our training camp two-a-days, getting us started talking all things Chargers. What do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I'll say this because I have something, something cooking in terms of career stuff. There might be some changes, so I'll just Uh-oh. leave it at that. Uh, check out the Twitter at gmonsano24. Uh, but definitely, you know, just just kind of wait around for me. Uh, some big things going. Also, and I'll and I'll and I'll, and I'll plug the podcast on the beat. Uh, you know, it's a sports and culture podcast with me and Fernando Ramirez. We, we talk a lot of NFL, uh, Chargers. You know, even Raiders also. Uh, Ram, so check out the podcast. Check out my Twitter, Demonton24, because uh, some news coming up in the future. Well, look out now, man. That's a hell of a tease right there, dog. You're going to have me stalking your <laughs> stalking your Twitter account, man. That's not healthy for me, but I'm going to be Please all do. over it. <laughs> well, well, Gilbert, <laughs> hey, pre- thank you. I appreciate you. The, the little hype for me, man. Thank you. Hey, no problem, man. You do fantastic work. We appreciate you. And even, even dealing with trucks driving by, you do great work. So thanks so much, my man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being patient, too. Appreciate you, guys. All good. There he goes. Gilbert Manzano from the OC Register for now. <laughs> for now is what he told you right there. He said, be on the lookout. Check him out on Twitter, gmanzano24, for all the career updates. And that's a good little tease right there. That's what we call that in this business. Good stuff from Gilbert. And that's starting off our training camp two-a-days. Matter of fact, before we take a quick break and come back and close out hour number one, let's go ahead and, and look for call number nine. Demar, why don't we go ahead and hook something up? I'm in a good mood right now. We got the Battle for Vegas charity softball game going on next Monday. That's July 18th at Las Vegas Ballpark. You want to be there to see the Golden Knights take on the Las Vegas Raiders. That's uh, Riley Smith, Team Riley Smith versus Team Josh Jacobs. You want to be in attendance? I got a pair of tickets for you right now. Again, 702-365-9200. Call number nine. That's what I'm looking for on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was another edition of Training Camp Two-A-Days on Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation came out in full force here to this tournament. I expect them to. All I couldn't tell by the way they were screaming your name. <laughs> That's right. No, it's been it's been nothing but love here. So, but we miss the Bay Area too. I mean, we still got our house out there and all mm-hmm. that. So, we miss everybody out there too. But it's been nice here in Nevada. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Derek Carr right there with the Bay Area TV channel. I believe that was Monty Poole on with him uh, talking about or he was at the uh, t- tournament that he played in this weekend up in the Tahoe area and came in 21st, beating people like Patrick Mahomes. I believe Patrick Mahomes came in 50-something. So 
Uh, he did a really good job, and that's all that Derek Carr wanted to do was go ahead and do a really good job in that tournament. I uh, saw him shooting some hoops out there. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool, and it looked like they had a really good time, all the celebrities that were out there at that golf tournament. Again, that was a tournament that I was on that Zoom call with him a few weeks back that you were able to hear some audio from that. Got to give a big shout-out to my guy Juan the Smasher who got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go to the Battle for Vegas. That's the Golden Knight versus the Raiders. That's going to be next Monday night at Las Vegas Ballpark. And speaking of uh, Juan the Smasher, he's joining us now on the phone lines. Juan, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show, my man. What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. chilling. Hey, man, thank you guys for the tickets. It's my birthday this Friday, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, happy birthday. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, brother. Hey, thank you. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad uh, Derek Carr smashed that fool uh, Mahomes in that golf tournament because he's going <laughs> to smash him again twice twice on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but, hey, but you know, he, he's always going to be honorable mention to all these cats. But in my eyes, he's the chosen one, and he's going to uh, lead us to the promise land. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Raiders. Great call, my man, and happy early birthday. You're going to celebrate on Friday and go to the game on Monday. That's really cool. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Raider Rod. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's going on, Q? How are you doing today? Hey, man, I'm blessed. How are you? Uh, I know that's right. I'm well, man. I'm doing well. You know what? That, that, that article that you, that you guys were talking about, I didn't, I didn't open it. I didn't click on it. You know, <laughs> it's um, it, – because it's clickbait, that's what it is, you know. But, you know, 12, 11, that's probably where he's at. You know, right. Deshaun yep. Watson, should, he shouldn't be on this. There's no way Deshaun Watson should be on that list. And Dak should probably be on the outside looking in, too, if we're honest with ourselves. But Cowboy right. fans, they ain't honest with themselves. They're a little bit delusional sometimes, just like we are, <laughs> you know. Yep. But what, what I do take huge umbrage with, bro, is, is this toughness stuff and i love passionate raiders i've never met him i love the guy i love his passion but i think that that word passion is getting in his way there a little bit with his Derek carr you know qualms that he has with himself toughness is not the issue bro toughness is not the issue for any of us mere mortals here to be questioning those guys toughness what they could do to stand in the pocket what they could do to deliver Bro, that just ain't it. I mean, we, we could talk about the fact that he, hasn't, that he didn't have his weapons in crucial points of the year last year. We could talk about the fact that, Desh- that the Deshaun Jackson was freelancing like he was out there playing flag football or park football. We could talk about the, the, the putrid red zone play calling that we dealt with last year and the year before. But toughness, bro, I mean, I swear there was a point – Last week, or last year, where I swear Derek Carr broke that ankle again. I, I don't remember what game it was. I think we all know when it happened. And we heard him say in the press conference afterwards, it felt like something tore, but right. it was probably cartilage. Right. So he went back in, and he did his thing. And that <laughs> I don't think, if you're I don't saying think, that's toughness. No, that, I, I know what you're it. talking about. You know, I'm just saying toughness isn't isn't the word there's so many better adjectives to use okay if you want to call in someone's manhood i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off to you but you know when you say toughness you're calling you're calling out my man's manhood and that's just wrong you know what if you don't like the guy if he, if he isn't your guy if he isn't the quarterback that you want that's cool but he's our quarterback but toughness man that's weak that's low-hanging fruit there there isn't one person in this league that us mere mortals should be calling out toughness 
as far as the team that we're overlooking, I think it's the Colts. I hear all, I hear a lot of Raider Nation saying, oh, we handled them last year. You know who they had as a dumpster fire underneath center last year? <laughs> yeah, that dude, that dude Carson Wentz that's in, that's in the, that one, you know, team that can't figure out who they want to be this week. So that, that's where I stand. Um, I love passionate Raider. I love his passion. I love what he has to say most of the time. Um, I, I have qualms with Derek, but toughness, that ain't it, bro. That ain't it. Gotcha. Hey, good call, good call. And, and just to explain, at least from my point of view, and I mentioned it when I said something about the toughness because that's what was said in the article was that he has to be a little tougher. It was standing in the pocket a, a split second longer or letting a play develop just a little bit longer. It had nothing, and I mentioned that when I was talking about it earlier. It has nothing to do with him tough is like, oh, he's weak or he's not. That was definitely never a question, and that was something that I mentioned multiple times that I definitely was not questioning or talking about the man as far as like he's not a strong guy or he's not he can't take a hit because again as I've mentioned a thousand times when the bullets are live in there it's easy for us to sit in the press box or sit on our couch and watch TV and say oh man you got to take that hit you got to take that hit no but what the article was saying was to stand in the pocket a split second or maybe step up a, a little bit more to deliver the ball down the field to make a, a, a good play into a better play. And that's where I think that his game could continue to develop. And I think every quarterback's game continues to develop. Nobody, in my opinion, is a finished product outside of Tom Brady, who's been in the league now 23 seasons. So I don't think he's going to get much better, right? He's already who he is, and he's, he's already proven. So that was my point. Uh, and, you know, obviously everyone else has their own opinion, but that was what I was saying and referencing when I was talking about toughness. Uh, and as far as the team sleeping on, talking about maybe the Colts, I can see that. You know, they have Matty Ice this year now, and maybe he's going to be a really good quarterback for them. Maybe he's going to be the piece that they need. You know, there was a reason why Atlanta wanted to go out and get Deshaun Watson, and I was really surprised by that, to be honest. I was shocked that they wanted to go get Deshaun Watson, especially with all the issues that they've had at the quarterback position before Matt Ryan. I didn't think that they wanted to kind of go down that road again, but they had no problem with that. So uh, that was interesting as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, yeah, like I said, from my point of view, I was never questioning, like, the, if the dude's a tough guy or not. It was the just development as far as quarterback play goes. And, again, that was what the article had referenced on ESPN Plus by Jeremy Fowler. You can check it out on the website. You can keep those calls coming, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. &R. Thank you so much, Raider Rod. I do appreciate your call as well. Uh, we got Cover 3 coming up on the other side as well, but we will get to your calls and texts if we got them. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.